Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good? Yeah? How's your Christmas cheer? Yay, so good. <laughs> How's your December shaping up? Oh gosh. <laughs> We're just getting lower and lower. So what the, come on guys, let's let's spice it up a little this morning. How what what are some of the traditions you've normally done by now? Anyone do Christmas lights yet? Yeah, Christmas, how about Christmas cookies? Yeah, how about Christmas, what else? What's another tradition? Tamales. Tamales, all right. I'm going to Ron's after this. What else? Christmas cards. Mine are still in the mail. You have not gotten one from me because Costco has not sent them to me yet. Uh, cocoa bombs, that's right. Oh, you make them? Oh, okay, everyone see Ashley afterwards. She makes cocoa bombs. Uh, what else, anything else? Concerts, that's a good one. What kind, like a Philharmonic kind of thing? Or? Oh, Phil Wicka. I'm going to talk about him today, actually. Look at that. Look how that worked. Anything else? Any more Christmas traditions? Nutcracker. A nutcracker. Do you fall asleep? No? Okay. I fall asleep. Uh, all right, so Christmas cookies, Christmas movies. Friday night is movie night at our house, so we put on Christmas movies at night uh, during December. What about Starbucks? Has everyone had their favorite drink in their Christmas Starbucks cup yet? Yes? Did, did you hear the news? No eggnog latte this year. Did, who went to the, who went, that's right, Linda, raise your hand because I'm saying it for you. Uh, no eggnog lattes this year. I don't like them anyway, so it wasn't a big deal for me, but anyway. But uh, what about Secret Santa? Who's participating in a Secret Santa? Yeah? Do you need a Secret Santa? Do you hate it? Do you love it? Who loves it? Who hates it? We're about equal in this room, I think. Well, I like Secret Santa. I like because I like to be sneaky. And I feel like, you know, an uh, elf on the shelf, like a North Pole elf. And I also like getting presents. So if your love language is gifts, I can be your Secret Santa. You can be mine. Uh, what, a, what about Christmas carols? We do that in December, right? We sing, we come here, we sing. I love Christmas carols. We just sing Joy to the World. If you know the line, say it with me. We're going to put it up on the screen. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear, said by Buddy the Elf. So we just sang Joy to the World. What other songs do you love? Just yell them out. Oh, hold, everybody. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. What else? What's another song? Santa's dirty job. Sa what? <laughs> Santa's done a dirty job? Got, Got a dirty job? I don't know that one. I'm going to just pretend it's because it's, he's coming down the chimney. That's why. Let's see. We'll talk about it after, Art. <laughs> All right. Feliz Navidad. Oh, I know that one. Feliz Navidad. Come on, everybody. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Prospero año y felicidad. What's another one? Noel, 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 Noel. Born is the King of Israel. There's, forget the sermon. We're just going to sing. Give me another one. Silent. Okay, everybody. Silent night, holy night. Excellent, I love it. One more, one more. Oh, too many. Have a holly, have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. Yes, let's just sing all morning. How about that? 
Let's do the new song, Christmas Choir. That's what we're going to bring down today. Um, but if you want to keep singing, I'm going to go ahead and plug Coco in the Courtyard this Friday. Who's coming? You might see me and my family in obnoxiously matching PJs, just saying. Uh, but come, we're going to sing Christmas songs. We're going we're gonna to sing our hearts out and have cocoa, and it's going to be so much fun. But the truest thing, the most true thing that I love about all those traditions, Christmas cookies, Christmas movies, Christmas lights, all the things, the thing I love most is Christmas carols because it's just a beautiful way to wrap up what we're, what we're feeling, maybe what we're celebrating. So I love Christmas carols. Let's look at joy to the world. Let's look at these lyrics right here that we just sang. It says, joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Uh, let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sings. He rules a world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. Now let's think about these words for a minute. Let's think. They say joy to the world for a savior has been born. So yes, let's celebrate that. He proved his, one, his love to the world. Yes, amen? We celebrate this. This is, this is the verse that was announced in the Bible. My, my hands are frozen, so I can't turn my pages very well. Um, in Luke 2, verses 9 and 10, it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But an angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause what? Great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Good news. Great joy. Yes, good old Christmas carols wrap that up in a nice little package. And then what do we do in a few months? We come here and we sing Easter songs. Yes, I love Easter songs as well. One of my favorite Easter songs is by Phil Wickham. And it's uh, the one that says living hope. I have that slide here. It says, let's sing that one. Then came the morning, come on, that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe. What's the next line? Out of the silence, the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on. I promise there's a sermon here, but let's sing it. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free, hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ. What is he? My living hope. It's like America's Got Talent, Chris, uh, church version. But I'm the only contestant, so I win. Okay. But, but my point is that we transition so quickly from Christmas songs to Easter songs. And sometimes, even in the, even in the joy of it, we, we sometimes forget what we're singing about. Or we just, we're so used to singing, Silent Night, Holy Night, or My Living Hope, that we sometimes we can lose the deep meaning and the celebration behind these words, these emotions we just sing. So what are we really thinking about them? Well, again, these words sum up exactly what is happening in real time with, with Jesus. When Jesus came to earth, he came to earth as a baby, as a baby. 
We have a baby right in this room. Can you lift him up? Tracy, stand up. Just show everyone the cute baby. Look at this guy. Right? He just won the role of baby Jesus this morning. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Um, but we sing joy to the world. A Savior has come in the form of this little baby. And in a few months, we're going to be seeing that in 33 short years, this little baby will be crucified on the cross. He will be beaten. He will suffer. He will be forsaken by us, by his father. This is what actually happens. This is what actually happens. Here, this picture demonstrates what the song in that same Phil Wickham song says, the God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my shame, to wear my sin and bear my shame. Let's read today's passage. Mark 15, 33, it says, At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lemai sabatani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. And with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the Son of God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just pray that as we listen to this message today, God, as we hear these words, as we take in whatever it is we're each going to take in, God, God, I pray that, that your words would speak today. God, I pray that you know every single person here, what it took to get them here, what it took to have them sit down in the seat, God. You know. God, would you be with each person here today? In Jesus' name, amen. So in this Christmas series, we have looked at the humanity of Jesus. First, we talked about a baby that was born. Last week, we talked about a boy that was lost. And today, we talk about a man who was forsaken. And what does forsaken actually mean? Well, forsaken means to be abandoned, to be deserted. And in this situation... Where, God is, where Jesus is saying this on the cross, he is physically abandoned, he is emotionally abandoned, he is mentally abandoned, he is spiritually abandoned, he was completely forsaken, abandoned. So why would Jesus say this on the cross at this moment in time? Well, because here on the cross, for the first time, he was separated from God's holiness. He was separated from God and his love. And here is where Jesus took on what that song just said. He took on my sin and he bears my shame. For why? For us. So that the grave would have no claim on us. Here for the first and final time, 
Jesus takes on the judgment that was reserved for you and me. It was reserved for you and me. And why did he do that? Because he never wanted us to feel like that. He never wanted us to feel completely abandoned, the absolute desperation of being completely forsaken, completely alone. In verse 38, it says, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the curtain that it's referring to here is talking about the barrier between us and God. There's no more need for priests. There's no more need for sacrifices. There's no more need for an intercessor. The curtain here is the torn body of Jesus that was literally torn apart for us. God, through that torn curtain, through that body of Jesus, now gave us direct access to him. So, so God made a plan, and this was it. This was the plan. God sent the sweet little baby. The sweet little baby grew up into a boy, and the boy grew up into a man. Now that man is hanging on a cross. He's alone. He's ashamed. He's embarrassed, defeated, abandoned. That was the plan. There was no plan B. That's the plan for you and for me. And when I think about Jesus in this state, I don't know about you, but for, some, for me sometimes it's really hard to picture in this state, in this suffering state. It's easier to picture him in a manger. Or it's easier to picture him victorious and glorious running out of that tomb. It's easier to picture him sometimes. Something about Maybe keeping, keeping him in these pictures is almost easier. Storybook-like, would you say? Storybook-like. It's easier. It's hard to picture Jesus feeling miserable because he is, in fact, Jesus. Have you ever had a time where you felt miserable? Yes. Resounding yes. How about a time where you felt abandoned or embarrassed or ashamed or even cut off from God? has there been a time like that? I can remember two times in my life. One time was physically. I was living, I just started my career in Chicago as a flight attendant for United Airlines, and I was flying in and out of Chicago O'Hare, and, you know, had my little apartment, and taking the L train, going to jazz clubs. I was super cool. But it was also super cold. <laughs> like, I'm cold now, but Chicago cold is like a level I still don't even understand. So I had a coat, but I didn't have a Chicago-approved coat, apparently. So before you knew it, I was sick. I was sick. And not only was I sick, but because, you know, I was flying in and out, and, and you know, you take a couple of days to order some furniture, whatever, my, um, I had no furniture in my room, in my apartment yet, because it hadn't been delivered or whatever. And so I had been sleeping on an air mattress. And at this particular point, when it was super cold and I was super sick, my air mattress decided to die. And this, my friends, was before the day of Amazon next day delivery. And so, you know, I just didn't have the, the energy to get on a train to go to Target to get, uh, you know, another air mattress. And, and most of you know me, for me to say I had no energy to do that is saying something. So I had no energy. So I piled up my clothes on the floor and slept in my coat on my, on my clothes. And anyway... And so a few days go by, and I'm not getting any better. And fun fact about Chicago, at least when I lived there at the time, uh, they didn't have a Kaiser in the city of Chicago. The nearest one was like two hours away. So 
I'm super sick, it's, it's snowing, I don't know what to do, so I go and I knock on the only person I know, my landlord, and I say, do you know anywhere I could go to see a doctor? So she connected me to her doctor's office and I walk there in the middle of a snow blizzard. And uh, I walk there and all I really remember <laughs> is that the doctor felt so bad for me because I'm sick, I'm alone, I have no insurance that's gonna help me in his office. He gave me like all the samples he could of like medicines and antibiotics and he's like, just take all of this. And he gave me a couple Gatorades and I went back home. I think I slept for like three days. Um, but I didn't have any friends in this new city. I had no family around. I felt really, really alone and I was miserable. Another time that I felt um, abandoned or cut off from God was just in a time in my life and I can't tell you why. I can't tell you there was a reason. I can't give you an exact answer. I went to church, but I couldn't hear anything. I went to church and I couldn't close my eyes to pray. I couldn't, I couldn't even sing. And if you know anything about me from this morning, it's that Melody likes to sing. I couldn't even sing. I was just existing, but mentally, spiritually, emotionally, I was just miserable. Can anyone relate to that? Yeah. Have, have you ever been there? Are you currently there now? These are moments in our lives. These are seasons that are not often storybook moments. They're not often, you know, picture book moments. They're not glorious. They're not victorious. But this is life. It's messy, messy life, the hard human side of life. And as hard as it is to picture, Jesus lived that life too. In John 1:14, it says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He lived among us. This means that he probably got sick too. He probably felt the changes in the weather and his hands got cold. It means he laughed. It means he cried. It means he felt emotions. He grew frustrated. He had all the emotions that we have. He had. He grew weary of working. He grew weary of people. Have you ever walked into a place? Oh, I don't want to see anybody today. Did anyone? Don't tell me if you walked in like that because I was at the door greeting you, so sorry. Sorry if I spoiled your mood. Um, but he grew weary of people. He, he was sad and he cried when his friend died. He was hungry. He was hungry in the wilderness. He was just as human as you and I. And he joined us every day in that human existence so that he could say to you, to me, I know what that's like. I know what you're feeling, so that he could tie us together, bond us together, so he could be someone you relate to, someone you cry out to, someone you say, help me with this. In Hebrews 4.15, it says, for we do not have a high priest, meaning Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to what? To help in a time of need. You see, if you see him, then more than a storybook or stories on a page or, or more than lyrics in a song, 
you will see him in so many more ways. You will see that he is just like you in all the ways. You will see his, his frustration, his anger, all the things I just said. But you will also see his wisdom, his love, his compassion. And you will see that this man who commanded the winds and the waves, who commanded demons away, who commanded all of these things, he allowed himself to be beaten as a regular human man. He could have stopped that in a second. He could have said, and I'm done, and been out of there. But he didn't. He had his body torn in half so that we could have a direct connection to him. And he also did that because this life we walk on, this path that we walk on together is not easy, yeah? So no matter how bleak, no matter how tired, how terrible, how shameful, how embarrassed, humiliated, whatever it is you are, you and I never are forsaken and we're never abandoned. He's already overcome, which means through him, we can too. That's the message. This is not just a Jesus of, of simple songs and simple stories. This is human, flesh and bone, and holy Jesus. Do you think he doesn't see you? Do you think he doesn't see you? Do you think he doesn't, he doesn't know what you're going through? Whatever sin you're struggling with, whatever it is you're addicted to, whatever it is, it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done or what you haven't done. There is 100% certainty that he loves you. There's 100%. If you think you're suffering and there's no plan, if you think that you're angry and God doesn't love you, I can tell you with 100% certainty that that is not true. That is a lie, and let's smush it right now. Justin put these pads on here for my shoes, but I'm going to do it right here. That is a lie. We smush that because that is 100% not true. This was the plan for you, his body to be torn in half for you. God is constantly trying to tell us that and show us that, but we constantly cannot see it because we think that Jesus fits in this little box. We think that Jesus fits in this little box. We think that this is what he should have done, this is what he could have done, and this is whatever, but, but that's not his, his plan. is his plan, and I can tell you 100% true that we are not allowing ourselves to see Jesus when we put him in little boxes and little formulas. We're not allowing ourselves to see the man that died for us. There was a man who saw Jesus die right in front of him. There was a man who saw Jesus take his last breath. This man was probably the person in charge, the official person in charge of the flogging of Jesus, the man who was in charge of the beating, the poking, the stripping. This centurion, this soldier, has probably seen lots and lots of death. This, this man has probably inflicted lots and lots of pain and has probably seen a lot of people take their last breath. But in this moment, he stops and he takes note. I've only been in the room one time when someone took their last breath, and I've shared this with um, you guys, that um, last year when my mom passed away, she passed away in our home. 
And something amazingly terrible and wonderful and all the things you can think of happened when she took her last breath. I've said in the past that I have never, ever experienced holy more than I have in that moment. The presence of God more than I ever did in her in her last breath. So I cannot imagine what this soldier must have experienced. This man, tough as nails man, for him to say, surely this man was the son of God. What the air must have been in that moment. I wonder if in that moment when the curtain was torn in two, if in that moment the, the soldier realized that the cross was for him. I wonder if in that moment the soldier realized that Jesus was there for him. I wonder if in that moment this soldier realized that he was loved. Do you realize how much you are loved? Do you realize that he willingly went to the cross for you and me? Let's read one more verse here in Hebrews 12, 2. It says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. The song we just sang was joy to the world, but the joy was not just for us. The joy was his. The joy was his. He knew the weary world would rejoice. It was his joy because he wanted to spend eternity with you and me, with the centurion soldier, with you and with me. Do you want a good Christmas story? Do you want a good Christmas story? Look in the mirror. Go look in the mirror. Because you are the Christmas story. You are the, look at the person next to you. They are the Christmas story. You are his joy and because of his birth, there was a cross and because of the cross, you and I now are tied together and we share this great joy. Would you take out your communion cups? Thank you. If you don't have one, would you raise your hand and Brian and Kate here will go around and get you one. We got a couple here. Anyone else? Raise your hand. Nice and tall. Thank you, guys. When we take this bread and it cracks in your mouth, it's tearing in half, yes? That was his body who was torn and two, for you, let's take the bread. 
And when you take this cup, you just saw the picture. You saw the picture of his blood. Anyone scrape themselves this week? Anyone see a little blood this week? His blood was spilled out on that cross. But he did it with great joy. So that you and I would not have to suffer. So that you and I would not have to be abandoned. So that you and I would not be forsaken. His blood was spilled for you and me. Let's take the cup. If you are going to leave here with anything today, with anything today, I want you to leave here knowing 100% of the time Jesus is with you. 100% of the time Jesus knows what's happening around you. What is your situation? Whatever it is, 100% he knows about it. 100% he knows about it. 100% he cares about it. Is he going to give you the formula and say, I'm going to work out A, then I'm going to work out B, and that will equal C? No, he's not. But we can 100% know that he is in charge. He knows how it's going to happen. He knows how long it's going to take. He knows. He also knows exactly how you feel. He knows exactly. I told someone this week, I said, you know what? Promise me, promise me that you will, at least in that moment, you will call out to Jesus. And you will say, help me overcome this. Promise me that in that moment when you're feeling this and when you're up against the wall and when whatever it is, you will call out to Jesus. Because he's there, and he knows, and he will bring you great comfort. And that is our joy to know. And we are his joy. Do you not know that? If you don't know that, please find me afterwards. Please find Josh afterwards. Please find one of us, and we will, we will try to help you understand that. Because 100% of the time, that is true. What do you do with it today? What do you do with 100% knowing that? Again, go look in the mirror. You are the reason he came. You are the one he loves. We're going to sing a few lines again from Joy to the World. And I want you to see these words and see them and sing them with the understanding that the wonders of his love were proved to the nation the day that he was crucified on that cross. The wonders of his love were proof to the nation. And then we're going to lead to, oh, come, let us adore him. And let's think about those words too. In this very song, it says, word of the father, now in flesh appearing. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Will you sing that loud today? Because we mean it, because we feel it. Let us sing in such a way that we know that Jesus is not in a box, that we know he's just not simple storybook and pictures. He is flesh and bone Jesus, and he came here 
to be your joy and you are his. Amen? 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 Amen. Let's sing together. <laughs>